There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Every great TV villain believes in their cause whether it's to provide a future for your family as you become a legendary meth dealer, bash people's heads in with a barbed wire-covered baseball bat to survive the zombie apocalypse, or just to piss off Cliff Barnes. TV villains are why we watch TV. Sometimes bad TV, but TV all the same. Here's our favourite fact hunter, Neil, with 10 TV villain facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So here we go. Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin from the Daredevil TV series, was modelled on a beefed-up Al Capone. Excellent. Tom from Tom and Jerry was originally called Jasper. Jerry was called Jinx. Excellent. Jack Gleason, King Joffrey from Game of Thrones, first appeared in Batman Begins. Excellent. Frank Sinatra originally wanted to play the Joker in the 1960s Batman TV series. Excellent. Only Fools and Horses villain Slater is played by Jim Broadbent, who originally was first choice to play Del Boy. Excellent. Negan from The Walking Dead was based off the American musician, actor, writer, TV and radio host and comedian Henry Rollins. Excellent. Brian Cranston was allowed to create his own backstory for Walter White. Excellent. Leslie Grantham, an EastEnders Dirty Den, served 10 years in prison. Discovering a love for acting while incarcerated and starring in various plays put out for inmates and for the public as well. Excellent. And then we've got J.R. Ewan is considered one of television's most popular characters, with TV Guide naming him the number one in their 2013 list of the 60 nastiest villains of all time. Excellent. And first appearing on Doctor Who in 1963 with the catchphrase Exterminate, the Daleks are considered one of the Doctor's most fearsome foes. They were even voted as the greatest monsters in the galaxy in 2010 by readers of the science fiction magazine SFX. Excellent. Thank you, Neil. God, have you had a drink? Have you had a drink? (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) Yes, we are here to chat, to talk and count down. Have you had a drink? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> our TV villains, top 10 TV villains. And we are joined uh, from the TV Time podcast, Lucy Buglass. Hello, Lucy. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm so excited to do this podcast with you. It's kind of my, my thing. So it's going to be amazing. Excellent. Now, I noticed uh, we did uh, do a little bit of tweeting earlier on, didn't we? We were saying about how you uh, changed your top 10 quite yeah. a few times. I've, I, like, I think I messaged back and said I've changed mine at least half a dozen times today. Mm-hmm. Just in Neil's facts, there's a couple there that I thought, shit, I should have put them in. <laughs> yeah, I think we've really been spoiled for like contemporary like villains on TV. And I think it's just so difficult. Like, like you said, I've changed mine a million times. I have the final mm. list now, but it was it was tough. It was, it was a hard. It was a hard. Likes to put in, but I didn't get the chance. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I so find it hard. What's been everybody's criteria for their villains? Now, I'll go say for mine. Some of them aren't necessarily massive villains, but they're people that really got under my skin watching watching the show or whichever, whatever it was a show or, or whatever. One of the ones that I took out was Simon Cowell. And I don't know if anybody's got Simon Cowell because to me, he's one of the biggest TV villains of the last. 20 30 years just for what he's done to music and i thought and that, but then i got a couple of other people i thought no i'm gonna i'm gonna take him out but he was someone that i genuinely thought is there anybody that you sort of thought about putting in that's a little bit left to center lucy ah, that's a really interesting question because all mine are fictional uh, right. I, I, never, I never really consider anybody non-fictional um there were some like in shows like I'm not going to spoil like what I'm going to bring up, but like things like Breaking Bad, for example, and things like The Sopranos, they have multiple villains. Exactly. It was quite difficult to like, narrow down people that I really enjoyed. Um, in terms of choosing them, I think it was quality of performance is a big thing for me. Like the style of acting, like you know, if I if they scare me, if I'm convinced by them or even charmed by them, in the case of some of them, then they've done a really good job because they kind of want you know to kind of showcase what what they think is correct or, or morally the right thing to do even if it's not and then they kind of want you to to think the same and it can be quite uncomfortable mm-hmm. um so yeah i think so, some of mine are quite cartoonish some of mine are a bit more serious so there's a bit of a mix going on for me yeah neil you said you were having trouble with your top 10 i did you? i went on which villains stuck in my memory the most so i tried to write my top 10 without actually googling anything just from memory, from the ones that... Um, you Luddite, you. <laughs> yeah, well, no, because it, to me, a top 10 should be the most memorable as well. The ones Absolutely. you remember the best. Yeah. And that's what I went for. And I mean, there were a few that I did change because I thought, hang on, no, I remember this one better and this one better. And hopefully I've got there. I mean, if we were to do this again next week, I'd probably have a different list altogether. Yeah, I think that's like that with every, every top 10. Right, yeah. uh, Lucy, let's have your number 10. Okay, it's funny actually because you were using his sound bite literally like twenty seconds ago. I've gone for for Mr. Burns from from The Simpsons, um, purely because he's so, he's so iconic. You know, iconic catchphrases. He's he's a stereotypical old businessman in a big mansion. Kind of you know bullies his like assistant, bullies his co like co-workers, that kind of thing. Megalomaniac. Um, like everybody knows who he is. So not only is he evil, but he's so he's memorable. You know, mm. it's exactly what what Neil was saying. That's why mm. I chose him. Yeah, okay. I've got him at number six. Yeah. You've got him at number six. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, just basically, exactly what you said, Lucy. He's And he's an iconic villain. But he's he's actually a lot nastier than people give him credit for as well. I mean, stealing candy off a baby, he loves doing that, doesn't he? Mm. So, um, yeah, I think, and also very, very funny character, Harry Shearer. Play, 
does yeah. the voice so well, doesn't he? Is that right? He's left The Simpsons now. I think he has. Yeah. Um, the Simpsons, I did an episode on The Simpsons, actually, but I'm a bit critical of the later seasons, I'm not going to lie. I kind of have, like, my golden era of Simpsons, mm. you know. That's mainly for me. It's, like, 1 to 12 is, like, spot on. I don't I don't know much about the more modern ones, but I do believe he's left, yeah. Yeah. It's weird because Simpsons is one of those shows that I'll, I'll still watch episodes from the new series and you're still guaranteed to get two or three laughs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, I'm not, and I'm the same as you, Lucy. I think the first maybe... 12, 13, 14 seasons are consistently yeah. funny, just really, really funny stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to mention uh, Mr. Burns uh, for a minute, <laughs> <laughs> which gives a little bit away. Um, right, um, Neil, what's your number 10? Uh, the Joker, um, Cesar Romero's Joker. Um, this is basically stems from um, childhood. I used to absolutely love the 60s Batman. I used to watch it whenever I could get my hands to watch it, you know, because back in the day we didn't have any streaming, didn't even have a video then. We used to have to wait for BBC Two to show it. And he was always my favourite of the villains, you know, out of the Riddler and Catwoman and all of those. I just loved his campiness. Well, you know me, pal. I do um, know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just, I, he's just iconic, isn't it? And probably, probably one of the, probably the best Joker, to be honest. There you go, controversial. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I, I've got him at number five. Okay. Uh, in my top 10. For, for that reason, that as, mu as much as that, the 66 Batman or whatever you want to call it, was camp, I thought mm. he was really, really scary as yeah. a young kid. I thought he was, especially with the fact that I thought he had something wrong with his top lip. It, <laughs> I didn't realise it was the fact that he wouldn't shave his moustache off to be the Joker. So they just plastered the white makeup over That's his it. lip. And it just looked like his lip was like almost like Thanos's chin. It had like <laughs> creases in it and it just made him look even more <laughs> unsettling. And I didn't really know about the comic book of, you know, the comics of Batman, but I just thought he was fantastic. So over the top. Mm. you know and so colorful and gaudy and like you say camp but but i i i'm sort of with you i think that he's like my favorite joker i, I think. think he you know he is up there and the other jokers like your heath ledgers and jack nicholson definitely stole from him definitely oh yeah without a doubt yeah you can see it so yeah he's got to be up there as probably the best joker yeah no joker for you in your top 10 lucy no i haven't seen any joker on on tv i've only seen him in film so, right. Uh, I'm I'm yet to just discover this universe. So I'm, like based on your your kind of praise, I'm gonna have to seek that out now. I would go um, go on YouTube. I'm sure they've got full episodes on YouTube. I mean, it's it it'd be really interesting to see what you think. Yeah. In regards to going like from the the modern day Batman to that, whether it would just be too sort of kitsch and too yeah. You know, you sort of might maybe just roll your eyes at it because it is. It's it's I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to get loads of Batman like fans on my back, but it's some of it is really bad TV. <laughs> it's like the terrible acting, but it's got it's a thing of its time, and it is I think it's it's fantastic. I really do. A true cult class. Um, what yeah. I will say is you were saying that it's quite a camp performance. There's nothing wrong with a camp villain. No. I think you know, quite a lot of them are theatrical. Mm. So, you know, I mean we still have pantomime villains, you know, things like you know, Disney villains, they're very over the top, but they yeah. work. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, my number 10 is someone that Neil mentioned in his facts is Roy Slater from Only Fools and Horses. Um, one of the greatest um, ends of an episode was when uh, Roy Slater uh, does Del Boy up and uh, Del Boy gets in with a hooky microwave. If you've never seen it, 
is fantastic. And then he did make a couple of other um, appearances, appearances yeah. as well, didn't he? Um, but he was what I class as a classic villain. You know, he thinks what he's doing is absolutely right and justified. And if you look at it from a law point of view, he's trying to catch somebody that has broken the law. Simple as that. And he won't take, like, he's blinkered to that. But he's so sadistic in it as well. And the fact that he takes absolute pleasure in, like, in, in, in you know, getting one of his own old mates and, and getting him behind bars. So, yeah, so I've gone for that for number 10. He was originally in my list. He was the one that I sort of changed. So right, okay. but he is a, he's a, he's an iconic villain, especially being a huge Only Fools and Horses fan. If anybody is, yeah, he's the only villain from it, really, isn't he? I mean, you've got other villainous characters, but he's Boise primarily... is a sort of sort of yeah. in, in certain episodes. <laughs> yeah, four aces. Anyway, uh, Lucy, what's your number nine? Number nine, uh, we're kind of delving into Netflix territory now because I do kind of want to have a look on Netflix shows. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen You, um, but the guy from You, Joe Goldberg, is a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, essentially, he he's, he's the protagonist of, of the series, which is interesting because I believe that protagonists can be evil people. It's just it's fundamentally true. Um, but he basically stalks women um, and obsesses over them and basically wants to get into relationships with them. And it's... He's, he's slimy, but he's very charming at the same time. And that's kind of what I was alluding to in the introduction, like villains that can charm me, kind of scare me more mm. because I'm almost like kind of buying into what they're doing, even though it's horrendous. Uh, and I mean, you know, he kills people to get mm. what he wants. Like he's, yeah, not a nice guy. <laughs> I mean, it's two series, isn't it now? I, yeah, I have yeah, watched the, them the third both. one's coming out, which is really exciting in October. Oh, is it? Because yeah. I found the second series better than the first. The first series I found very problematic that nobody mm-hmm. shut a fucking curtain. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's all far-fetched, it really is. Yeah, like, if, if somebody had just drawn the blinds <laughs> or the curtain, it would have all been over. The second one is so much better, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more of a compelling story as well, I think. Mm. Yeah, I've not seen it, so I'll have to, uh, I'll take your word for that. um you will you will find out during a lot of our our chat and i'm sure a lot of the stuff that that you lucy and you neil i don't watch a lot of this sort of television i must admit (laughs) i tend to watch the same sort of things over and over again so i will be going i'll take your word for that on a lot of these i'm sure uh neil you're number nine well you've mentioned him simon cowell oh there um, you go (laughs) yeah for what he's done to modern music for what he's done to chewing up and spewing out up-and-coming artists i think is genuinely <laughs> villainous genuinely villainous and the fact that he's a, oh i nearly said the c word then the fact that he's <laughs> wrong a episode knob, neil wrong yeah, episode. the fact that he's a complete knob as well just winds me up and he's so self-satisfied and smug mm. yeah he needs bringing down a peg or two yeah. somehow he really yeah. does i'm just glad they're cancelling the x factors but i've heard, i read somewhere that it's going or a is long it, time coming. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's run its course. It's yeah. Let's get back to getting real music back out there. None of this. Yeah, he's I, I, enough money. I can tell you the exact moment that because it, it never used to bother me. I used to think, okay, fair enough. If these these young people or you know people that can't sing can get their fifteen minutes of fame, that's great. But it was when it was is it Susan Boyle? Yeah. 
when it was Susan Boyle and like everybody was laughing when she came on the stage and, you know, cause they were looking at this frumpy middle-aged woman. And then all of a sudden she started singing and they had a, they showed the camera on Simon Cowell and it was literally like a cartoon and you could see the dollar signs in his yeah. eyes. He had this smile on his face was like, I'm going to make a fucking fortune out of this woman. I'm going to make so much money. And it wasn't, he wasn't like smiling because you know, your singing enchants me. You could see in the back of his mind, it's like, we're going to make an absolute fortune. Mm. It's only going to last a couple of years, but it's going to, we're going to make so much money. And that's what sort of like, really, I thought, no, it's, it's, and then every Christmas it was an X factor. And I love Christmas number ones. And then people stopped making Christmas songs because they knew what's the point. Yeah. And now it's, you know, if you do ever watch an episode of Britain's Got Talent or X Factor, it's so contrived. You can see on the first episode he was going to be in the finals. Yeah. And shit like that. They've been, it's all pre-made up. It's yeah. just complete wank. It really is. <laughs> it is. It's even like the auditions that bother me because like, they know fine well they're just they're putting these people on so you can laugh at them. Yeah. And mm. It's like, come on, man. Like, you yeah. know, it just, it's just taking the mick at this point. Like, <laughs> It's become a modern day freak show, isn't it? Side yeah, show. exactly. Yeah, it's, a bit, it's really uncomfortable. It doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> no, no, no I'm with you on that. Then as the series goes on, people then, same as like with Big Brother, mm. they think, right, I'll go there and be really shit so I might get myself on TV. Instead of, whereas before, they would just go because their mum said that they could sing. So they would genuinely go thinking that they're going to be a star. Mm. And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's far, it just makes you feel shitty and negative and Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Okay, my number nine is Dirty Den from EastEnders. Now, I don't know if any, either of you have got Dirty Den in your top ten. Another no, one that I choice. took out. It's a good choice. Um, the thing is, it's like, I, I haven't watched EastEnders for... I mean, how long did it? it was? It's mid mid eighties. It started, didn't it? Eighty uh, four. So yeah, yeah. So I probably haven't watched it for twenty years, probably. But when it was on, and when it was Dirty Den, it was must watch TV. It was, and you know, it used to be two, two or three times a week, whatever it was. But lost just two, D, wasn't it? It was just was it Tuesday, two? Tuesday and Thursday, and that was that's it. right. Because Wogan used to be on Monday. Wednesday, yeah, and, Wednesday Friday. and Friday. Oh, kids, look it up on YouTube. Watch Wogan <laughs> on YouTube. Especially the very first episode of Wogan when Elton John was on there and Terry Wogan tripped over as he went to go and say hello to Elton John. That was one bit. Anyway, um, yeah, he was just a classic bastard. He was just a classic, nasty piece of stuff. Um, but he also had that little twinkle in his eye. He also, You could also see why women would... Uh, you know, fancy him and stuff like that because and ladies, a, of course, did and ladies did indeed they yeah. did. Um, so yeah, that's my number nine. Uh, right then, Lucy, you're number eight. Um, number eight. Uh, if you guys have seen Jessica Jones, you're going to know exactly who I'm going to say. Um, Kilgrave, David Tennant's Kilgrave. Um, okay, just to start off, David Tennant is such a good villain. I'm just going to put it out there. Everything mm. he does, he's been Des recently. Yeah. Um, Dennis Nielsen, he's been Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> but Kilgrave, there's just something about him. It's it again. It's the charm. It's the the seduction. The the just sadistic nature of Kilgrave. It's it's magnetic. It's brilliant. Mm. Mm. It. Just just for people who haven't seen it, um, Lucy, explain what his powers are. Oh, he can pretty much make you do whatever he wants you to that's right isn't it so like yeah. one scene when he basically goes up to someone and says throw that cup of coffee in your face and they do um mm. just little sadistic things like that you know yeah. he gets quite literally under your skin um yeah. and it's, it's literally the power of manipulation to the point where like people cannot say no 
Mm. Um, I don't really want to give away too much about him because I no. think as it goes on, it's, it, people haven't seen it, but God, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> I, I watched that and it, I wasn't more worried about his powers. I was more like, God, what would I do with his powers? Mm. Because if you could go into a bank and just say, can I just withdraw or just, just put all the money you've got into my account and just mm. walk back out again, or I think like he does in one episode, he goes into a house and just says to these people, you don't live here anymore. And they all just like grab their stuff and just walked out. So he lived in the house. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I, I agree with you. I think he's fantastic in that. I really do. And such a good actor. I mean, his performance as Des, I thought was mesmerising. What's I mean, that? that, that De- Des Lynham? About Dennis playing? Nielsen. Oh, I thought it was Des, Des Lynham. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. I'd have been not not that, that evil. <laughs> 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 okay uh, then right uh neil you're number eight um probably people would have thought i'd put him higher but walter white himself um just i know he's he's an anti-villain um, really isn't he he's, he's like a heroic villain you're rooting for him but everything he does is morally and everything wrong um I, again if nobody's ever seen the series you don't want to say too much without spoiling it because there's some real perlers in in every series i think um, are you a fan, Lucy? You lo- love Breaking Bad, yeah. I mean, I would recommend it to literally anybody. Um, mm. I think with Walter White, though, you're right. I think he's, he starts off being absolutely pathetic as well. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of, you have a lot of sympathy for him. You know, oh, you know, school teacher's got cancer. The healthcare system's gone to shit. Um, but the, the more it goes on, the more you, you can't, you know, sympathise with what he's doing anymore. You're like, you've gone too far now. It's it's mm. kind of his decline throughout the, the series is, is incredible. Yeah. It is. And he gets more and more sort of sadistic as well, doesn't he? Definitely. And the way he takes people out and things. Yeah. Yeah. He's but, he's my number two. Right. Um, I think Breaking Bad is, is one of the, if not the most perfect TV shows in the fact that it didn't go on too long. Yeah. Five series and done. Um, it is. It's the fact that he gets seduced by the power um, of Heisenberg and mm. he loves the fact that he finally is someone. You know, he isn't just being looked through. Um, I just, I think he, I mean, he isn't a classic villain, but no. he's somebody He's somebody that becomes a villain uh, mm. as it goes on and it's heartbreaking come the last. There's, there's one particular bit, I can't remember which episode it is and I won't say what it is but there's one bit where i think that's where he turns to the dark side okay. there's one specific bit that I, the, I look i've watched it many times and think that's that's the bit where he stopped yeah. being walter white and he became you know Eisenberg for real I'm you st- know i'm still shocked at the amount of people i've spoken to that have never seen it. i know i know i know i don't yeah. know whether or not it's that thing because there's a lot of time like i'm the same with peaky blinders loads of people have said to me you should see peaky Blinders; it is amazing and it makes me not want to watch it because so many people keep saying to me how great it is and i don't uh, so i you know i got a funny feeling that uh, peaky blinders is gonna come up a little bit later maybe. oh no not with me i just <laughs> oh, peaky right. blinders is basically sons of anarchy in birmingham it's oh, right. storylines are nearly identical uh, okay even with the theme tune, the slow motion walking constantly. All oh, right, that gets on my nerves in Piggy Blinders. They're always fucking slow motion. You sure they don't? Are you sure they don't just walk slowly, Neil? No, Might be what it no. Is. I, I've just, like I said, just watched Quiet Place too, and Killian Murphy moved at a perfectly normal speed. All <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where? Right. Oh, so my number eight is J.R. Ewing. Oh. Um. Pretty much in regards to. 
how they're perceived as villains, very much like Dirty Den in the fact that people of today probably wouldn't realise just how big Dallas was back in the 80s. Yeah, I can remember, spoilers for a show that's 40 years old, <laughs> I can remember the, the, the night that Bobby Ewing died he got right. did he? he got shot i think didn't he yeah he got shot he died and i went up and how, how old would i have been i would have been so i'd probably been about 84 I reckon. 84 i'd have been 12 13 14 probably and i went upstairs to go and have a wee with tears in my eyes because bobby <laughs> ewing had just died <laughs> and then it like all went it all went to shit the following season when it was found out to be all a dream so it was One ridiculous one of the worst bits of TV yeah, writing Absolutely ever. ridiculous. But J.R. Ewing was a classic villain. His classic only bastard. Yeah, and he didn't care about anything but the Ewing name and about yeah. oil, and he just, just wanted to destroy every single person um, in his way, whether it was male, female, other members of his family. He didn't give a shit. He just wanted to destroy everybody if they crossed his path. So a classic villain for me. Do you remember like when he was shot himself? That yeah. The T-shirts that, oh my that God. made front page like media. It was who shot Jr. I can remember. I can huge. remember. I can remember the front page. Yeah. It, was a, it was a picture of him on the floor going. Oh. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't have heard him going. Oh, it was a picture, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, who shot Jr. And then yeah, T-shirts and everything like that. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was huge. Okay, number seven. Then Lucy. Seven is uh, it's Doctor Who. I've gone with the Master. Okay. Because every every protagonist needs its antagonist, its counterpart. Um, but specifically John Sim as yep. the master. Like I love John Sim as an actor anyway. I, I mean I love um, Life on Mars, it's you know great series. But he's just again, it's charisma for me. Charisma, just you know, the presence, power. I <laughs> just oh, I love him. And God, I need to go back and watch the old David Tennant series with him in because it was incredible. Like mm. those two were just oh, chef's kiss. Loved it. Yeah. That another heartbreaking scene when he regenerates. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to go. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> Just makes. Oh, oh god! Here we go. <laughs> and I think you know, like obviously, like you know, big Doctor Who fans will probably be able to kind of talk about other masters as well because it's been going on for such a long time. And I just think, just the name, the the, the concept, the title—it's been going on for such a long time that mm. it's just—it's never gonna. Everyone's gonna know who the master is until the end of time. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but he's no. the only other Time Lord, is that right? Isn't he? The Master. Yes, I believe so. That's um, what, well, he's from the Doctor Who's home planet, whatever that was called. Gallifrey. Yeah, Gallifrey, isn't it? Yeah. Gallifrey. I was going to say Whosville, and I thought, no, that's no. not right, is <laughs> it? <laughs> that's not right at all, Neil. Uh, right then, Neil, you're number seven. You may not know who this is, Lucy. Grot mm. Bags. No, oh, I don't know who that is. Right. Rod Hull and Emu. Do you remember them? I know Emu, yeah. Yeah, Rod Hull and Emu used to live in the Pink Windmill <laughs> in the 80s. And Lucy, Bags were... Lucy, bless your young heart. I know. I know Emu. And Grot Bags was the witch that lived next door, and she used to plague Rod Hull and Emu and all the kids with nasty business uh, constantly um, when she knocked on the door. There's somebody at the door. We used to sing along and open the door and there'd be grot bags and we'd all scream. But it's a childhood thing. She was a villain in my childhood and a big villain at that. But looking on it now, it's probably pants. But as a child, she was horrible. She was horrible, wasn't she, pal? She was. She was. She was. She was she painted green as well, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was. Yeah. yeah. And she had like warts all over her face. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Google yeah. that one, Lucy. That's a that's a sight for our eyes. That one. <laughs> um, okay, my number seven is um, Nina Myers from Twenty Four. Okay, yeah. Now I don't know if anybody else has seen Twenty Four, um, and I can't remember what year that came out, but it was just as mobile phones were starting, so it must have been uh, early two late nineties, early two thousands. Mm. But Twenty Four, we it was. The first, I think every series probably, but the first series especially was done in real time. So it was each hour episode was one hour of 24 hours in a day. And it was uh, Kiefer Sutherland, CTU, the, I can't remember what it was. Counter-terrorist unit. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you. It was Um, a great series. We watched the first episode and then decided that we were going to wait until it all showed on TV and then buy the box set, video on box set, because we couldn't wait a week because they used to put a cliffhanger at the end of every episode. And then it used to get too much. You think, no, we need to do it so that we can binge it. This was before binging was really a thing. I I think it was the original binge series. I think it was, but it was unbelievable. And then, I mean, it's, you've sort of sort of given the spoiler away really, because if you're going to watch 24 now, you'll see that Nina and um, Jack Bauer um, were friends what a twist at the end spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen a 20 year old show it's <laughs> it's um every series after that got a little bit like bloody hell you know jack Bauer's one of the unluckiest people in the world because he's having another day like he had last year or like he had two years ago with terror like worse than than john mcclain in die hard um but that's my number seven yeah because she was she was a nasty nasty piece of work she was nasty indeed but I'm, I was thinking about maybe like rewatching it again, as, but with the fact that like all of the technology they would have at CTU then, I've probably got more technology in my little studio here than they had there back in 2000 or 1999 or whatever. And it's, yeah, so that's my number seven. Right, number six for you, Lucy. Um, I mean, you need no introduction, really, Tony Soprano. Okay. Um, so I've only gotten to The Sopranos quite recently, shamefully. Um, a little bit like people with Breaking Bad. Maybe it was the hype around it. I was kind of like, oh, is it really that good? Yes, it is that good. <laughs> um, and I just think, yeah, because, again, you, you kind of, you know, he's funny in a way. And you have, obviously, you know, the, the thing with the ducks and there's, there's, there's some comical elements to it and some some messed up elements to it. But fundamentally, he's not a nice person. And I think all the stuff that he does throughout the series is 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 horrible. He's a horrible person. You know, he he treats people like shit. He treats his family like shit. He'll just kill anybody he wants to get whatever he wants. And it's he's a damaged guy, but he's brilliant. Um, and obviously, the, the the way you know his story ends, it had to end that way. You know, a bit like Walter White, the way he goes out. You know, no spoilers because I haven't seen it yet. Okay, but like the, the way he goes out, which just in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, Neil, have you never watched The Sopranos? I've I've seen an episode in the right. first series. Yeah, I'm the same. And it's, and it's one of the um, it's on my list to watch, but I've never. Mm. I know for a fact I'm going to get into it and have to binge it. So I sort of need to clear up a timetable to watch it. Yeah, oh, it's all bingeable. Yeah, I feel like I've watched the majority of it because I went down a, a YouTube rabbit hole where it was just like the top 10 kills in Sopranos and then the top 10 lines in the Sopranos and then the top 10 endings in the Sopranos. So I've watched like loads of <laughs> clips of it and it did make me, I, th- I will sit down. My wife keeps saying to me, you, you should just sit down and start watching it, you know, because she said, you're like, you Neil, 
you'll get hooked and you'll want to watch it all the time. So yeah, it's not in my, obviously in my top 10, because I don't want to, I'm, I'm assuming if I watched it, it'd probably be, Tony Soprano would be in my top 10 because he looks like the sort of guy, he doesn't take any shit, I'm assuming, from anybody, does he? No, and that, that's the thing though, like I don't want to ruin it too much for you guys, but it's, it's very self-serving. It's mm. not really about anybody else but him. Mm. He tries to pretend it is, but it's not really. Right. Yeah. Okay. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, right, Neil, you've done your number six. Yeah, that was Mr. Burns. Uh, so my number six is from the same show. It's Sideshow Bob. Oh, um, yes. I, I just think with the fact that he is about as sadistic as they come, but it's only about one person that's us <laughs> all he cares about hurting and killing and maiming and killing again and scooping up the remains and then killing it again and it's it's bart he's just got to try and get him um so yeah and it's a it's a fantastic design of a character um kelsey grammar does a fantastic voice mm. and i just think that 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 Anytime there's an episode with Sideshow Bob in it, it's going to be a fantastic episode. So I still think the best Simpsons one with him in is the Cape Fear parody. Yeah. That that bit, when I first saw it with the rakes, yes. had me in stitches. Ooh. I had to rewind it and watch it again and again and again because it was just pure genius comedy. It is so good. It is so good. Yeah, so that's my that's my number six. Uh, right. Anybody, has anybody else got Sideshow Bob before I move on? No. Nope. No. Okay. Right. Uh, you're number five, then, Lucy. 
Um, it's Crowley from Supernatural um, because he's the king of hell. So, you know, what mm. more can I say? Um, and it's just, again, it's just, well, he's, he's inhuman for a start. He's a demon. So he doesn't really care about humans to begin with, but it's just, he will just kill and belittle and torture and do whatever he wants to get his way. And he's a great character, but also very funny as well. <laughs> so it's a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with Supernatural. Even their villains are quite funny in a way. There's a lot of humor in that series. Um, so even all the demons that they're not, traditional in the sense that they're not like kind of insidious style demons they're quite like charismatic and funny and yeah i, I love crowley mm. i've only ever watched the first series of supernatural yeah. because i haven't been able to i don't want to buy it but i haven't been able to find the rest yeah i have it which is the reason that and i used to watch it when it was like on tv i remember that much but mm. i don't know where it's streaming to be honest with you yeah i'd love to get back into it because i really enjoyed the first series because at the end of the first series jeffrey d morgan rocks up yeah. Not as Negan, but Spoilers. his dad. Spoilers. Oh, it's not a spoiler. Okay. Not right. it's, it's everywhere that Jeffrey <laughs> Dean Morgan was his dad, in it? See, now, I always thought that Supernatural was like just like a little stone's throw away from Twilight. I thought that's no, what it was no, supposed to be. No, nothing like that. No, no. Right, because that's what sort of moved me away from ever wanting to even look at it, because I thought that's what it was. Or am I thinking of, what's the other one? Vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries. <laughs> They're on the same network, so that's probably where you've got that from. Right, um, okay. It's absolutely nothing like that at all, no. Um, right. I have to say, in the first yeah. uh, series that I did watch, there's a few episodes that are proper chilling. Oh, yeah. Quite, quite creepy. When you say chilling, are you trying to be cool as if, like, yeah, it was, no, it was chilling, chilling, chilling man? Or, oh, right, okay. It's genuinely scary, yeah. Mm. Okay, all right then. Um, Neil, you're number five. Moriarty himself. Oh. Um, I was a fan. I, when, growing up, I was a fan of the Sherlock Holmes books. So he was always the greatest villain. And then Andrew Scott came on and just blew me away with his deadpan, um, almost cleverer than Sherlock himself. Um, again, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil. But yeah, if don't you spoil. Watched, yeah. If you haven't watched <laughs> Sherlock, you need to watch Sherlock. I think it's one of the, the greatest adaptations ever done. The, the twists and the turns and, you know, yeah. Get and watch it. And Andrew Scott as Moriarty is a great villain. He really is cold. It's fantastic. And is he dead? There you are. Oh, that's a spoiler there. No, it's not. Jesus Christ. No, it's not. Right, so there's a question then about Benedict Cumberbatch. Now, he's a fantastic actor. I think everyone will will appreciate. But is he, like, just an inch away from being hammy? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he can be if he wants to be, but I think he's a genuinely good actor. When yeah, you he's, he fits into Sherlock so well, he makes it feel like he's got one of these disorders that people have, you know, almost like Rain Man, where he's sort of mm. almost uh, back. I don't want to say backward, but you know what I mean. But really intelligent in other things. It's a great performance. Mm. All right. So he was a nasty villain in that start for ten, wasn't he? Movie. He was a shit house in that. Oh, with yeah. James McAvoy, I can't remember that one. Uh, right. So, are you are you a Sherlock fan, Lucy? Because I must admit, I've I've watched I think the first mm. two or three episodes of the first series, and that was it. I'm I'm really got back into it only in recent months. Yeah, so uh, a few friends of mine told me to watch it because of Andrew Scott. Like, I'm a massive Fleabag fan, so obviously mm. with him being in that, I've kind of started watching more of his stuff. And I, I agree, he's fantastic as Mariotti. Really, really good stuff. Again, I don't want to say too much, but it's just what a guy. <laughs> he, he can he can play anything. You know, he's David Tennant levels of great, in my opinion, is is a 
is an Andrew Scott. Yeah. What series does he turn up in in Sherlock then? It's got to be the second then, isn't it's just, it? It must be the second one then, yeah. Oh, right. I haven't seen him yet. Okay. Because when you watch them on the streaming, they all just roll into one. This is it, yeah. You just thing, keep watching but... and then you're like, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I've done my number five, the Joker. So, Lucy, your number four. Well, we knew, we knew he was coming. I kind of teased this on Twitter. Um, Joffrey from Game of Thrones is number four. <laughs> okay. He's my number two. Ooh, uh. Yeah. Is he on yours? Uh, he's not, no. No, no. He's not even in my top ten. I think if we were to do a podcast which was just top ten most satisfying deaths, I think Joffrey, spoiler, sorry, <laughs> Joffrey would be up there, certainly. Because <laughs> you're just like, I just want to... Insufferable yeah. character, yeah. horrible, sadistic. Ev- everything that makes a kind of fantasy villain. And, and young, too, which is a scary thing. He's so young, his character. Mm. You know, but the things that he can do and the things that he wants is just man. I hate him so much. Like, yeah, he, he makes me visibly angry, <laughs> Joffrey. I just oh. that's why I, I put him guys. so high because, like mm. you said, he made me angry watching him. Mm-hmm. And I know it's only a performance, but what a performance to get a feeling like that out of it! And what a complete turd he was. And he's got a face that you just want to slap. Yeah. He's just got one of those kind of faces that you you want to like you want to grab his ears, rip his head off, and kick it down the road because he's just got one of those faces but maybe that's a little bit sad- too sadistic i don't know no, i think he's one of the most sadistic characters in game of thrones personally mm-hmm. i think he is probably the most sadistic i mean i think he's worse than that other guy that tortured um lily allen's brother <laughs> well that's that's my number four ramsey bolton is my oh, right. number four um mainly it's the same sort of reasons because again like you said lucy earlier on that there are certain shows that have got like not just one villain. I mean, you've got Cersei Lannister as well mm-hmm. that could easily you could put in the mm-hmm. top ten as a villain. Um, but Ramsay for me is somebody that just lives to hurt people and to kill yeah. people and to torture people. Um, whereas again, I think um, Joffrey, he's just doing I think what he thinks a king should do. He's got that power to do that, so he's he's not a, a nice king, obviously. But I think he's thinking that. I'm doing what a king should do, whereas Ramsay is just doing what the fuck he likes, yeah. and he's gonna kill the whole the Battle of the Bastards. When I can't remember what the name of, I think isn't it? Um, oh, it's running over the over the battlefield, and he just gets his his like longbow out and kills him. And that's there's no reason to do that apart from creating a stir and creating a fight so mm. yeah that's that's why i put him at number four because i think he's just a bit more of a bastard than uh than joffrey but again also got a very very good death mm. uh you know a death that was um deserved you know, deserved and suitable for him i think yeah yeah getting his meat and two veg ripped off by a pack of wolves or whatever it was ah lovely right uh so neil what's your number four Doctor Who's Daleks. Ah, yes. Stems from childhood. They used to bloody terrify me right from the day. Just as soon as you heard the name, you know, them coming in and, oh, behind the sofa I went and peeked at them. And they still sort of give me that edge now. I know they're they've sort of dated and everything, but the new series they can float and their nemesis was stairs in the old series, which makes them less villainous. But... They were scary, weren't they? And the, the fact that they were controlled by those little, uh, I don't know, parasite things inside the little weird alien 
mind things. Yeah, creepy as, but also they've got to be number one, Doctor Who's number one villain, haven't they? Yeah, I think I love what you said about the floating as well, because I remember the the Christopher Eccleston episode when they come back Mm. and they do the whole running up the stairs thing and then they float and you're like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When they upgraded them, you're like, oh no, they went now we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they're it just killing machines, though. That that's what they exist to do. That's their that's their primary function. They don't do anything else. That's it. Mm. Yeah, just they don't have kill. any wants or desires. It's just kill things. That's yeah, it. yeah. And that's a perfect. That's what a perfect villain should be. There should be no bargaining with a a, a perfect villain. That's just what they're programmed to do. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, right then, Lucy, you're number three. Number three. Uh, it's quite a. Big series at the minute, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, there's a million villains in The Handmaid's Tale. I mean, there's so many. Uh, but I've gone for Aunt, Aunt Lydia, played by Anne Dowd, because Jesus Christ. Like, I think I've chosen Aunt Lydia because of the fact that she's actually a woman as well. Um, which, you know, most of the villains in that series are men because of, you know, the obvious reasons. You know, they, they treat women like shit. But, like, she kind of revels in, in in torturing them herself and she's done some hor- horrible stuff. I don't... Have you guys seen the series? No, no I haven't. No, no. It's, it's rough. <laughs> oh, right. It's it's very depressing, I'm not going to lie. Um, very dystopian. But she's amazing. I mean, Anne, Anne Dowd's just an incredible actress. She's, mm. you know... But she, she acts as if she's, like, kind and, like, looking after these women. But, like, she actually... When she has to punish them, then you can tell she enjoys it. And it's just... Oh, it bothers me. <laughs> Is that a binge-worthy uh, series? Would you call it a binge-in series? I would say so, but you might want to watch something nice afterwards. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a lot of, obviously, you know, torture scenes, like rape scenes. It's a, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah. But the acting's superb, though, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the trouble is, it's like you, you it's the sort of thing you can't really binge because it's just going to put you in such a dark place, isn't it? That's the thing. I've definitely binged it, but then, like I say, I have to have a bit of a break and then go watch something else and then come back. <laughs> okay, then. Right, Neil, you're number three. Dwight Schrute from the American office. He okay. is a, he's a villain, isn't he? What, the way he just puts up... I mean, Would you if say he, he's a villain? Yeah, I would. I mean, look at the way he reacts to other people in the series. He buys the office block just so he has control over everybody who works there. When he's invited to invest in property, he changes his mind and he buys that whole unit just so he can turn down the temperature and uh, annoy his fellow workmates. It's all doing that. And his banter with Jim and and things like that is, yeah, he is a villain. I mean, he's a comedic villain and I re- he's probably my, one of my favourite characters in it, but yeah, he's a villain. I don't know, because I think he genuinely loves Jim as much as he... He yeah. fights with him, and he's got he's nothing but love for Michael. Well, no, yeah, there is that. But the way he, he treats Moses, I mean, look at that. That's not very nice, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's controversial, Neil. I'll give you that. I'll give but you I that number three. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, my number three is um, from one of the, I think, one of the greatest shows ever made as well, from Deadwood. Uh, Al Swearingen. Uh, anybody seen Deadwood? No. See, this heard, is another one of the guy, This is another one of those shows that, like, I don't understand why people haven't seen. It is basically like Shakespeare, but uh, in the Wild West, and it is unbelievable. It's one of those shows that has got so mu- so much depth. Al Swearingen is one of those guys that you wish you could be. Who plays but him? It's um, 
Is that uh, Ian McShane? Ian McShane, yes, uh, Ian McShane. He's a villain in it, is he? Uh, well, he's... Um, yeah, he is. He's he's an anti-hero. He's but right. he's one of those guys that says the sort of things that you wish you could say to people, acts the way that you know you wish you could act with people, um, drinks all the time, shags all the time. But he's like the one of the owners of the he's the owner of one of the bars in Deadwood, which obviously is a real place in mm. uh, like Mid America where where there's gold rushes and things like that. It's it's a fantastic show. It's the dialogue is very much like Shakespearean dialogue, the way that they talk. Mm. And it, it takes a little bit of, say, a couple of episodes just to tune your ear to that particular way of talking. Because sometimes you can, first couple of episodes, you'll listen and think, what are they talking? What are they talking about? Why are they talking like that? Um, but it's uh, Timothy Oliphant's in it as well. Um, and it's all based on real people. That, mm. that that lived in Deadwood when they first started, like uh, Wild Bill Hickok and uh, these other famous names, sort of sort of come through town and stuff. It's I love it. It's a fantastic show. It's one of those shows where I'll finish it and then go back and start watching it again. Mm. Um, and I would thoroughly recommend it. But yeah, he's a he's he's an absolute bastard. But you sort of go, I love him. I kind of, I really just love the guy. I love the, I love the way he is, you know, and it's sort of, he's the sort of guy that if you worked for him or if he was a friend, you would love it. But if he was an enemy, you'd be shitting yourself every day. Yeah. He's that kind I'll, of bloke. I'll put it on my list. It's definitely one to go on the list. Okay. Then uh, Lucy, you're number two. Number two might be cheating a bit. Um, So I've gone from one of the black mirror villains. I know it's an anthology series. He's only in one episode. But I've gone from um, Robert Daly from USS Callister mm. because of the sadism to take DNA of your colleagues and put them in a simulation and just repeatedly torture them is is bizarre to me. Mm. And, and again, when you're first introduced to him, he's supposed to be like the the nerdy kind of, you know, games developer kind of character, a little, little bit socially awkward, you know, whatever. And he's, he seems harmless, but yeah. he's far from harmless. And that's the scary thing with Robert Daly, um, especially if anyone has seen it again, again spoiler alert, just everywhere, that what he does to um, his bosses and kind of like, you know, guy above him, his, his son is just horrific. Mm. Uh, man, it's, it's just Charlie Brooker and his incredible way of, of crafting characters to be honest with yeah. you because he's how did he think that one up honestly <laughs> yeah that, that's a that's a great episode that's um yeah. what's the actor's name it's i'm blanking yeah um he, he was in, like matt damon but he's not matt damon <laughs> no he was yeah, in breaking bad it. as well wasn't he he was in he breaking was. bad was. oh my god he's in a lot of stuff isn't he and i jung- can't think what his name and is. jungle cruise he was also in jungle cruise just gone, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look because otherwise it's just gonna bug me now <laughs> oh it'll bug me as well Oh, you, God. I'm going to ask a question, yeah, Lucy. Did you not think Black Mirror finished brilliantly with the Black Mirror, Mirror Museum uh, yeah. episode? Those recent episodes with Anthony Mackie and Miley Cyrus, I thought weren't a patch on anything the other series and episodes did. Not a patch. It was, it was the weaker season. I, I mm. you know, it, it just you're right. It just it felt like in a completely different series. It just wasn't yeah. very Black Mirror to me. Black Museum was absolutely fantastic, though. Yeah. That was a perfect end, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Jesse Plemons. Jesse That's Plemons. it. Jesse Apologies Plemons. to Jesse Plemons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Forgetting yes. his name. <laughs> right. So, um, 
we've both done our number twos, Neil. <laughs> yeah, King Joffrey for me, and what were and you? And it was uh, Walter White for me. So, um, Lucy, do you want to just do a rundown of your ten to two? Yeah, what? So remind people of what they were. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. So number ten was Mr. Burns. Uh, number nine was uh, Joel Goldberg from You. Number eight was Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. Number seven was The Master from Doctor Who. Uh, number six was Tony Soprano. Number five was Crowley from Supernatural. Uh, number four was Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Uh, three was Aunt Lydia from The Handmaid's Tale. And finally, um, Robert Daly from Black Mirror was in at number two. Okay, Neil, your rundown? So at number 10, I had the 1960s TV Joker. Number nine was Simon Cowell. Number eight was Walter White. Number seven was Grot Bags. Number six, Mr. Burns. Number five, Moriarty. Number four, the Daleks. And then we had number three, controversially, Dwight Schrute. And then number two, King Joffrey. Okay, and I had number 10, Roy Slater from Only Fools and Horses. Nine, Dirty Den from EastEnders. Eight, JR from Dallas. Seven, Nina Myers from 24. Six, Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. Five, The Joker from the Batman TV series. Four, Ramsey Bolton, Game of Thrones. Three, Al Swearingen from Deadwood. And two, Walter White, Breaking Bad. So, Lucy, what is your number one TV villain? Oh, God, I sat on this for ages. <laughs> it's just, it was so hard choosing, but... I love Sons of Anarchy, so I've gone with Gemma from Sons of Anarchy because that twist, though, mm. <laughs> it's ruined the whole series for anybody who hasn't seen it. But like what Gemma has done and what Gemma has done throughout the series, when you find out, is horrific. You know what I mean? She's she's awful, yeah. and, and she spends the whole series pretending that she cares about Jackson, pretending that she cares about Claire, but she doesn't really. Mm-hmm. It's just pure manipulation, and it do, not only does it fool the characters, but it fools us as an audience, because I and I, I love Katie Seagal anyway, but it's just, I was it, I was in shock. I was like, no way, she's evil, she can't be, no, no, no. And again, her death was satisfying at the hands of Jax as well. Mm. It, was, yeah, it was a clever little bit of, like, mm-hmm. you're looking over here while all of her stuff is happening over there, because you're exactly. looking... Clay, and you're thinking what a bastard he is, and 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 Jax and all that, and you're thinking, yeah, what's... And then you, you have no idea. <laughs> you're not even looking at what's going on over there. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's Brilliant a, misdirection from, mm. from that series. Yeah, a good one. Yeah, okay, great. Neil, you're number one. Edmund Blackadder. <laughs> oh, okay. oh. Uh, yeah, he's, he is a villain. I mean, all right, we all root for him. If you go back to series one, he was a complete and utter villain. And then he got weaker and weaker. But everything he does is for his own gain. He wants to make money. He wants a quick get-rich, quick scheme, everything like that. He doesn't really care who he stands on to get there and especially the way he treats poor old Baldrick with his cunning plans so yeah Edmund didn't even think of that one didn't even think of that one yeah all through the ages he's been um a shit yeah yeah Yeah, he is is. he's been more he gets more cunning as the series goes on, I yeah, because if you think about it, the first very he's first an idiot series, in the first, he's an idiot, yeah, in the first and one. it's it's the Baldrick that is the brains behind it all, and obviously yeah. the best series to, for me is the second one where he's the brains and Baldrick becomes the smelly simpleton. But um, I've always looked at it that they, they've got a one hundred percent brain between them, but yeah. they have to they have to share it. So in the first series, like Baldrick's got 95% of the brain and Blackadder's got 5%. And as they go on through the series, it goes like 50-50. 
then 25, 75 the other way. And they, that's, they've just got one perfect brain, but between them. Yeah. That's a good one, Neil. Yeah, that I didn't even think much. of that. Well done. Uh, my my number one is someone that was mentioned uh, earlier on Montgomery Burns I think is my number one TV villain um, even in the episodes where it looks like he's got they'll show his little withered heart pumping or maybe just one it'll just boom one little pump just to, <laughs> just to show that it is still working he's just ultimately he's just evil you know he yeah. doesn't he doesn't care who he sets his hands on um, he doesn't care how he treats his workers how he treats other people in springfield he just doesn't care so for me he is he is the ultimate villain when he loses all his money and rebuilds it with lisa and they're supposedly doing this environmentally thing but he's worked out how to catch fish with the beer rings (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's still purely evil isn't he until he goes for his treatment I bring you love. <laughs> yes. That's oh, the what time. Yeah. The X-Files episode. Yeah, which yeah. is one of the greatest episodes. <laughs> that's right, yeah. But, yeah, that's the only time he's not a shit house, isn't it? Yeah, he's just... He doesn't have any redeeming features at all, does he? <laughs> no. No, no. And that's why, that's why I think he's... Well, to be honest, with all the top tens, I'm surprised with how little amount of duplicates we had. Mm. I really mm. thought that, uh, that we were going to get a load more duplicates but there were only well montgomery burns walter white the joker there's only a couple that we had so i'm very surprised with that yeah but there you go so lucy um you've just got back from fright fest was it fright fest you came got yes. back from yes. uh, how was that oh it was brilliant i think often you know just off the bat, like just being in the festival setting again was incredible. Like I've genuinely forgotten how it socialized because it's all <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? So people were coming up with me and I was like, oh my God, but like, you know, um, just seeing people again was amazing. Um, you know, people, people from all over the country come to Fright Fest, so it was just mm. lovely. Like Twitter, there's so many amazing people on Twitter that, you know, are into horror. So I've met new friends through that. Um, the films were incredible. The highlight for me was a, a Kazakhstan um, horror comedy that was like carry on with a lot of blood. Brilliant, right. brilliant stuff. Right, right up my alley. <laughs> I never thought I would say a bloody a, a horror comedy from Kazakhstan would be my favourite, but hey, they've surprised me. <laughs> Exceptional wow. stuff. Oh, brilliant festival. It's it's one of my favourites. I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> That's it's one of the festivals I should go to, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. honestly, like everyone's so welcoming there. as well. Like it doesn't matter like who you are, where you're from, what kind of horror you like. It's just it's, it's the best place. It really is. Wow. Uh, and tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, of course. So um, my podcast is um, TV Time, spelt like the drink. Um, and I said the premise of it is basically people come on to talk about their favourite TV shows or a TV show that they've seen recently that, that they liked. Um, and we talk about their favourite drink as well. <laughs> so it's essentially just having a, a cup bar or, or, or sometimes a beer or whatever and then just t- talking about TV. And I did it because lockdown was quite a lonely time I suppose and I was kind of missing conversations and mm. it's what I would do anyway I would go to the pub and I'd talk about tv with people <laughs> so it was essentially filling that hole in, in my heart but it's become like people are loving it and I'm really grateful for that and I've had uh, some amazing people on it um I think our best episode is um come down with me for some reason all oh, right <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was a brilliant episode I mean my guest Alex was amazing on that um but it's you know, the things people bring and the insights and the the anecdotes, it's just, I absolutely love it. It's just, it's, it keeps me occupied. (laughs) 
Well, I'm sorry, we probably not got, uh, knocked out the chances of you getting Simon Cowell on your podcast now. It's, oh. it's completely gone down the shitter. I'm, I'm sure sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, uh, Neil, do you want to just uh, give everybody your spiel to let everybody know where they can find us mm. and stuff? Of course I will. You can find us on all the social medias at Top10Pods. That's T-O-P-T-E-N Pods. Email us at Top10Pods at Hotmail.com. And you can come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods, where you can get rewards such as our episode super early, bonus episodes, behind the scenes videos, and even a chance to be a guest on your own episode. Um, then check out all our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes below. And please, please, please come and subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or subscribe and follow on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Beautifully done, Neil. And we will also put uh, the link to Lucy's podcast in the show notes as well. Uh, So please have a listen to that. Uh, Lucy, thanks for spending some time with us. That was loads of fun. Oh, thank you so much. That was incredible. And like like you said, I'm just so happy there wasn't too many duplicates. We spoke about so many cool things. So it was it was amazing. I know. It, it, I was was genuinely thought because I've got a little sound bite for when we get the same number one. With you right. know, if all three or all everybody that's in the podcast, and I don't know whether we'll ever, I'll ever get to press it, but. Um, I was just surprised. I really thought that I might get a few Mr. Burns tonight, but obviously not. But there you go. You know, that's the best yeah. the beauty of it is that we don't know. And like I say, do the same podcast next week. It could be completely different top tens. It just depends on how we go. Um, thank you, Lucy, once again. Yeah, thank you so much, Lucy. Oh, it was a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, my, 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 my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, go and have another drink and calm oh, those off. nerves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, everyone. Let's start the count now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.